to Who's to Blame podcast. All right. Welcome to Who's to Blame the podcast. I'm your host, Dre Montez. And this is episode 466. Hope you all doing well. If it's your first time tuning in, thank you so much. We do appreciate it. You can also check us out throughout our social media platforms. We do have a page on Facebook. Who's to blame, of course. Instagram, who's to blame the podcast. And Twitter, at W2V Dre Montez. You can also check out the website. Visit www.dremontez.com. And we're also on YouTube with our live streaming show, Montez at Midday, which you can catch Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. And we're also on TikTok, Dre Montez 63. But the YouTube page, please subscribe to it. It's Dre Montez, D-R-E-M-O-N-T-E-Z. Shout out to our title sponsor, The Weed Squad, St. Louis. You can get a complete listing of all the sponsors with the show by visiting the website and hit the sponsor link. It'll take you right there. It's that time of year, kids. It's the holiday season. So happy holidays to you out there, wherever you may be. Don't overdo yourself this holiday season. Don't do it. I know it gets kind of hard. You want to get stuff for your baby. Your baby deserve it. But hey, don't forget, you don't want to start the new year off in what they call I guess the red, you, you, you want to be in the positive. I think we want to be in the positive area, no matter what. We want to be in the positive area when it comes to this. So you got it right there, no matter what. You got it right there. And I love this time of the year. People are so caring and sharing and thinking about one another and things we never thought of before. So keep that in mind as well. There are a lot of toy drives going on, a lot of support for families, single families and veterans as well. Please make sure you get affiliated with one that has some good credibility and some good, honest people and work that you can share and be a part of again. And let's not forget the people that do not have the social media presence or know-how to go out here and find things that they may need during this holiday season. So make sure you're reaching out to the people in your community, neighborhood, and even family and in whatever religious or school you go to, make sure you're reaching out to find these people and make sure that the help is going to the right people. I see there are a lot of local artists up and coming for-profit and not-for-profit that have been doing a lot of amazing things since Thanksgiving Thanksgiving to get families ready for the, uh, the new year, trying to get folks ready for the holiday season in the right way. You know, you want to see a a smile, not a frown, especially in these little babies and these families out here that are trying to just do the right thing. This is beyond getting the hands to meet. This is a community gathering. This is a get together. Let's talk about it and make people happy this holiday season. That's what we're trying to do here with the podcast. Who's to blame? But again, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much. But we're getting close to somewhere I never thought we would even I thought we'd eventually get here, but not this fast. To me, it's fast because this whole podcasting thing and talk radio has been a passion of mine for now going on 16 years or 17 years. But we're getting close to episode 500 of Who's to Blame. I'm proud of that. Getting real close. But this is episode 466 of Who's to Blame. And don't forget, you can get caught up on the latest episodes of my podcast is by going to wherever you get your favorite podcast at and just Find a thrill from there. If you want to find a little bit more about me, 
please visit the website. But I do like the folks that are tuning in right now. I do appreciate all of the thoughts and concerns, the positive, the negative, the constructive criticism. Thank you so much. But know what? Four marriages will make you prepare for anything in life. Who's to blame for that right there? We're going to get on into it. And we're going to talk about today the yips. What happens when the yips, when you get the yips in the world of sports? The first time you heard of this phrase, I don't know how old you were, if you've ever played ball before, if you've managed, you're a fan, you're a writer, but you've heard of this phrase, the yips, especially golfers. You know, it's an involuntary movement in your muscles that no one can explain. But before we get to the yips, we get to this point here of trying to figure out you overanalyze things because when you're first starting out in sports, you hear all kinds of things on how to get over the mistake that just happened. Don't think about it. Get over it. Let that go. You're better than that. That's what other people are telling you. But in the back of the mind, you're trying to figure out what do you have to do to get over this moment? I'm not just talking about an error, a mistake, a misjudgment. This is getting into the actual physical performance that you have to do in order to play your position well, to do what you've been known to do, whatever level you're playing at. This has happened to somebody, you know, your coaches, your parents, your best friend, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your lover. Somebody is also there to console you when it happens. You hear it from the stands, the, the bleachers, the rafters. You hear all kinds of things. And now with social media, and someone sees the rape replay, hey, get over it, champ. You'll be better. We'll get them next time. But on the other side of that, the athlete has to determine what happened. We're going to watch the video over and over. We're going to go through the mechanics again. Or is it just gone? Some guys and women have let it go. Once it happened, it's gone. It's over with. Let it go. Booyah. How much more and longer can we just complain and rethink the moment and live it over and over and over again and not getting past the point that, hey, it was an error. But the ones that take it a step further, it becomes a case of the yips. The inability to throw the ball to second base and you've been playing catcher, a back catcher for more than 10 years. This is You can do this with your eyes closed and now it becomes a problem. You can't throw the ball across home plate. What happened? Your quarterback, you can't throw an out pass, but you've been doing this for more than 10 years. All of a sudden, it just, what happens? I've read books about this. There was a USA television show about this. And it really opened up the door to us, letting us know that a therapist is not just for people that has problems dealing with death, dealing with failure, dealing with depression. We learn through television and movies that a therapist can be there to help you understand the moment that you're in. And especially when you have a case of the yips, sometimes you need that outside source. You need that that voice that's not around you all the time. It took another look at this. What did you see? And then we're going to break this down. You may sit on a couch. You may sit in a chair. But either way, there's some therapeutic effect to this. I guess method of madness called the case of the yips when it happens to people. And then more and more people start opening up about 
who they go see when the yips happen to them. The movies that have been made about it, the countless documentaries made about it. Some athletes still cannot get over it. They have a tough time talking about it, of going back to that moment when the yips happened to them. On the other end, as fans, when we see it happen, we're laughing. It's a comical thing, especially when it's the opposing team. But if it's a player that we like and admire and we understand the story, we want to see the greater things of good come for him or her, and that happens to them, now we start diving deeper with them as well. What the home life like? What, what the money looking like? What else are we worried about other than the game? And then the beauty of slow motion replay. Now we're looking at the body language. We're looking at the eyes, the hands, the feet. Where were you when this play happened? Was that a blackout moment? And then if you played the game before, now you're just a couch potato, an armchair quarterback, or internet bot that gets into these different sports conversations online and online only. And then you try to dissect it like we have the internet detectives out there that have been doing a phenomenal job. Again, I've been watching a lot of documentaries here lately, but now you have people who played the game a long time ago but have gotten really good of using the internet to help people who've been putting together these little eBooks and these little mini docs to help the athlete understand when the yips happen. Have you ever experienced the yips? Did you know what you were going through at that moment? Did you listen to the noise? Has it ruined a sports relationship because you didn't handle the situation well? You could if you can't take constructive criticism when you're playing ball in the case of the yips hit you, oh boy, oh, 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 oh no, not, now we're going to have a problem and an issue now because that comes along with the error, the mistake, the misjudgment, the yips. It all has a build-up process. So I think now the sports psychologists, the people that study this for a living, that look at the uncollected data that we can't get, things they're following. They're trying to catch it before it gets to the yips. You know, I talked about this several times with friends in person or whoever it may be through a podcast or a live stream. How do we stop the child from falling off the bike without letting them understand that that's going to fucking hurt when you hit the ground? Why do I have to tell you if you put your hand in that fire, that's going to burn, but you got to put your hand in there? to find out that it burns. So how do we stop that from happening? I think that's what the sports psychologist of the world is trying to figure out when it comes to the case of the yips. I don't think it has nothing to do with all of the medicine that they're trying to tell us about, the words, the, the anxiety, the depression, the upbringing, the moment. But if you have that readiness formula, that preparedness formula going in there, I think that could actually help with one of the key ingredients you need to prevent a case of the yips or when the yips happen. If they're preparing you for the moment, and then when it gets there, you're not going to think about it as bad as it is, as people has built up for it to be, or you're making your debut, or it's going to be this many people here, you're facing this matchup, or you're going here, and you got to wear that, or they're going to play this song the stadium does this, or this arena does that. But if you're prepared for the moment, when it happens, you handle it with ease. And to spot that so early 
in an athlete's life is more important today than I think it was 25, 30 years ago. Let me know what you think on that. But who's to blame? When it comes to the case of the Yips, is it more on the, the coaches and the trainers to spot certain signs, certain attributes, something that you've seen in the past is held on. Let me, let me get up and talk to you for a minute. Not bringing up, hey, I've seen this before, and it already puts a negative tone in the athlete's mindset. See, that needs to alter. You know, I'm, I'm not a firm believer of always telling a kid a negative story. They're going to get the, the positive effect out of it sometimes. So sometimes you got to get straight to the point. Get straight to the point. Don't beat around the bush. Let's get to the point. That way we can get over the hump a little faster and move on with the progressions. But sometimes there is a bump in the road. It happens all the time. And that bump can be used as a pause, a stop sign, a teach back moment. Let's go over this again. I, I once heard a great coach say this. That, you know, when, when, when mistakes happen and errors happen, the first thing we do is we rewind to figure out how we got to that moment. How, how did we get here? How do we get to this moment right here? And I don't want to be in this moment here. See, I, when I write stuff down, it's, it's sporadic sometimes. <laughs> but those are my writers out there. You know what I'm talking about. We, we have to write it down in a way that that we can understand it and get to it. Okay. Don't practice to get better. You practice when you can't get it wrong. Oh, that's deep. That's deep. Don't practice it to get it right. Practice when you can't get it wrong. Ooh, that's deep. That's deep. See, that should be on someone's mirror in the morning when they wake up, in the locker room, in the shower. Take down the newspaper clippings of the bad article, okay? Take down the picture of the parent that pissed you off and you had no idea why because you were a child trying to be in a grown person's mindset. Take that down. You have no right to be mad at your mom or dad, all right? Take down the picture of your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend to motivate you. Take that shit down. We're going to use positive reinforcement right now. Only put positive shit up there. That's it. Take all that negative stuff down. Don't be a Rocky. Don't be a 1980s, 90s sports manja movie in your damn bathroom, living room, or kitchen, or wherever you start the day out at, looking for something to start the day out when you walk out of the door and it puts you in a negative spot. Only put positive things up there. Only the positive thing goes up there. But the case of the Yips is very intriguing to me on so many levels, so many levels that I want to discuss it with you on today's episode of Who's to Blame, the podcast. And it just had me in that state of mind of just saying, wait a minute, this is a little deeper and a little broader than what we thought about sometimes. I'm looking at what they're putting into it when it comes to media and documentaries out there, what they're putting into it. And these athletes who have come to us and said, hey, look, this is what I went through. Here's what I believe I went through. Here's why I believe I went through. And here's are the steps to I ensure that it, it wouldn't happen again. You know, worst case scenarios, we've seen people, you know, report to drugs and alcohol and, and sex that doesn't work all the time. And there are some that get really, really deep 
and enthralled into the books and the study and the mechanics. But if we can prevent all of that, I think the world of sports would appreciate us even more. If we can get to the, the defining moment, the origin of seeing not just the signs, but the signals, the body language, whatever we can to prevent the case of the yips, I think that'd be pretty damn cool. But it's a part of the game. You know, I'm an admirer of the guy for the, the way he talks to us, the sports fan, for the way he understands the word of competition and the level of competition is Bill Belichick. If you've never seen his documentary, it's pretty deep. He's preparing the team for something they don't see right away. You know, it's like when you're a youngster, you, you heard this all the time when it's way back Wednesday here of who's to blame. You heard this all the time. Boy, you're going to understand this one day. Love, you can't find love. Love will find you. You kept saying to yourself when you're a kid, what the hell are they talking about? In one of my favorite movies with Keanu Reeves in Gene Hackman, The Replacements, Gene Hackman tells him, going out the field, one day I can't wait for the athlete you are and the athlete that you can be. I can't wait for those two to meet. It's going to be one hell of a story. That's what some of these coaches are trying to tell these athletes. But there's so many with their head so far up their own ass, they don't get it. But if we can prevent that, wow, that's a breakthrough. That's science. We are a click of a button away from preventing the next big yips in sports, I think. Because I'm looking at the football season right now where we're at. Baseball's a little hard to talk about right now. We'll get back to that strike. And there's other things going on behind baseball that you will not believe. But let me tell you, when you're on strike, it gives you time to do what? Do the paperwork of the job. So now these investigations that didn't take place, there's something going on behind Major League Baseball. College football, it's it's come to an end. But I'm just looking at the athlete. With the inclusion of the NIL, name, imaging, and licensing, will the yips be no more or more of? Again, these, these are different situations that we're dealing in now as opposed to 25, 30 years ago. Because now everybody's talking about it. Everybody's having a discussion, whether it's at the round table, in the Zoom room, on a chair or a couch or across from a podca podcast table. It's being talked about. But the yips, how much longer will it last? Who's to blame? Interesting story and take on the case of the yips. Again, thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast episode 466 of Who's to Blame. Don't forget, you can get caught up on the latest episodes by going to wherever you get your favorite podcast at. Again, in the words of my great-grandpappy, if your back pockets are touching, it means you have no ass at all. Don't forget to tune in to Dre Montez today at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Get a chance to listen to Montez at midday. You guys have a great day and enjoy, and we're getting closer to 500 kids. Mom, Dad, we did it. You guys enjoy your day, and until next time, Enjoy.